Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the second edition of the Sports in That podcast. You've got myself, Brewer. You've got me, Trig. And myself, Darren. What have we got coming up today, Trig? So, for you lovely lot today, we've got the Super Bowl result. Why England are struggling in the West Indies. We talk equine influenza. Second part of the show, we've got transfer window and how everyone did. And then we might finish off today with a game of transfer taxis. What music we've got coming up today, Daryl? Uh, so we've got a song from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, the Spooks, and from a Canadian punk rock band called P.U.P. Exciting, let's get into it. So first of all, we are talking Super Bowl result. Pats won. Pats won. Wonderful. Pats won. <laughs> all I need to say is the goat. Like the cat who got the cream over yeah, there. Very happy. For you guys, this is obviously a, uh, a radio feature, so uh, Daryl is looking rather smug today, and he uh, has been since last Sunday. But it wasn't as high a scoring, I believe, no. as what you predicted. No, and before I do answer that, I've got a question for you, Ryan. Oh, From a right. Mexican friend of ours, uh, you said you were going to start and watch the game last week. Did you? Of course I did. <laughs> I, no, I, you didn't. I did not. I, did not. I, I, I have work early in the morning. However, I did set it to record, and I did happen to watch it during the week. Um, right. First of all, there was a massive build-up to it, and I managed to skip through most of that. Yeah. And then once the game started... I was actually like pretty good into it. I was like, oh yeah, that defence is working well. Yeah. Fifteen minutes, no one scored. Yeah. After that, I was starting to flag a little bit, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, right, okay, is anyone going to score? <laughs> then um, the Patriots scored a field, a, goal. a field goal. Yeah. And then nothing happened after that nothing. for a little while again, and then I fell asleep. Right. So you done well. You done well. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not a bad effort for your first yeah. time, you know. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the best game ever. but um, So we stuck it out till about four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched it with Daryl around, uh, around his house. And um, I mean, I was I was on the old Red Bulls quite early. I mean, the scoring the scoring play weren't keeping me up. I can tell you that. The, uh, the Red Bulls were keeping me up. Yeah. I, I take it um, Super Bowls in the past have been a little bit more exciting than that. Please well, tell me that. Say the last one, um, there were, it, I think it was 40, 41, 36. So a lot more points last year. Who was that yeah. between? Uh, New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, how did that go, Dad? Uh, we won't talk about that. Should we move on? Yeah, let's, let's move past. Should we move past that? But, but just quickly, just quickly. But add, um, so what was it that basically brought it home for the Pats? Uh, so both defenses were incredible last week. I was um, just I was saying to you earlier, the bloke who plays for the Rams called Donald. Yeah, yeah. we spoke about that. Last that week. bloke yeah. is a fridge. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's just he's the fridge on legs. Absolute yeah. machine, and he was a big part of the game. But our O line, as we said in our keys of the game last week, was massive. Our defense was massive, um, and just we didn't look like getting a touchdown at any point during that first three quarters. But then Tom Brady again comes up big with Edelman and Gronk. That's all I need. That's all we needed. At Edelman, the Edelman, quite a surprise MVP. We wouldn't have picked him before yeah, the game. I think ten receptions, hundred plus uh, mm. rece- uh, receiving yards. Massive. He, he was the player that I looked at to win the game for us last week, yeah. and that and that big pass to Gronk late. Um, I hope that wasn't his swan song. I hope he has one more year. But if he does leave us now, he's been he's yeah. been the best time. I mean, that that, that winning so. drive, the drive where you scored the touchdown, it it was quite apt to that. To start that drive, a big pass to Gronk. To finish that drive, a big pass to Gronk. Yeah, it's you know you've got the Brady era. They talk about the Brady era, but 
Is, is there is a part of it the Gronk era as well? Not quite as long, but he's possibly been the biggest Titan in the league for what we're talking. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, he's been in there uh, since 2011 now, I believe. So he's been there eight, nine years, maybe a bit more than that. But I, 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 I believe Brady's had two errors. He's had his first error where he won the three Super Bowls in four years. A lot of defensive play and that. Um, he got better as we went through. Um, then he had the, the middle years where he didn't win anything for about 10 years. Um, had a couple of real good seasons. But this, the back end of, of Brady, since he's been 38, 39, is just incredible. And it just mm. shows how good he really is. Yeah. I mean, you have to humour me a little bit because it was my first um, NFL game. But it seemed like a bit of a slow game. But was that because the tactics the Pats deployed, or was that literally it kind of played into it a little bit? Both defenses played made that like that. Right, Both okay. defenses didn't let either either attacking side get really into that, get really into the game. We didn't let them get get away from us, and that was that was the best. That was the biggest part of the game for me. Yeah, so. yeah. Because I seemed like when Brady kept getting it, um, and he was trying to throw the ball out, he was almost going side to side. He weren't trying to. Uh, first of all, from what I see, he weren't trying to throw it right up the field. Yeah, he was just like, no. Let's just w- get some yards. That's the way Brady plays, and quick yards, get the ball out quick. Don't get a chance to get hit. Yeah, and just move the ball down. And the like, field. like we said last week, the reason he he's so good at that and he does that, the Pats keep the ball for such a long time. That the defense on the opposing defense gets so worn out, and by getting these five, six, seven yard gains every time, it means that they're out there on the field for so long. And not only do the defense get tired, mm. the other offense can't score points while they're no, not on the field, it. right? So for me, it was a a coach off in my opinion, and Belichick is the greatest coach there's ever been. So. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, Goff, um, sorry, not Goff, uh, Sean McVay just crumbled. Yeah, absolutely crumbled under the pressure, and as did as did his quarterback. Yeah, just. It but they will come again though won't oh, it oh they'll both come back again I expect them both to be there again next year mm. um, and if it's against us again then it'll be a much tougher game yeah so. so does Brady basically wear all his Super Bowl rings on one finger or does he spread it on one hand and now onto his now basically has, on his thumb he now has all on one hand and the thumb <laughs> <laughs> he's a double handed ring man now he's Thanos of the, uh, of the NFL and we're going for more next year let's put it that way yeah I just can't wait for it to come back already. We've yeah. been a week out of the league, and not if my uh, not if my team, the uh, Chiefs, have got yeah, anything to do with it. It's going to be a good season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the off season. You know I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing their first yeah. game now. I, I was trying to get into it. I was getting into it, like I say, but I expected some big big yeah. points kind of early. Yeah, uh, and then like when it was a bit of a stalemate for the first 15 minutes, I was just a bit like, "What is going on here?" And yeah. then. Obviously, field goal, nothing really happened, and then by that point, I was I was off. Out of Brady's six rings now, uh, six and the three more that he's played, so nine, nine Super Bowls. I think he's only scored points once in the first quarter in any nine Super Bowls. So oh, I right. believe that was last year against the Philly Eagles. So he hasn't scored in any first quarter apart really? from one. Really, that's yeah. good. That's good. I didn't know so, that. Um, and to carry on for the next three quarters is massive for us. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you've got a bit of a bum deal there, considering that was your first game. I mean, I was hope if if you decided to get into it, you know, a few weeks back when the Chiefs played the Rams and it was known as one of the best games as, that has ever been, pretty much. Yeah, um, you, you sold me on it, right? We like, sold ourselves on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we both thought it was going to be pretty high scoring, and everyone that I spoke to thought it was going to be high scoring. Yeah, yeah so, fair enough. Um, right, let's move into uh, the cricket. What happened to England? Talk it's to me. Awful. Absolutely yeah. awful. But we we went in there thinking that we was gonna uh, knock the West Indies off pretty comfortably to be fair, and we just didn't turn up. 
no. didn't turn up disgusting in my, opinion, in my opinion the team um, for the first two tests I mean as we speak now the third test is ongoing so we'll see what happens there but the first two it wasn't well balanced and the selection wasn't right and one of the main players in cricket is the pitch and we did not play the pitch and the West Indies did and then this just didn't work for us we you know we were we were out cheaply the bowlers didn't know what what to do we we were we were bowled out by pace and bounce and when it came to our turn we didn't have any of that so you know what can you expect what test was that uh, so there've been two tests now and we got battered in both yeah that was antigua yeah. and barbados were the two so, first two tests yeah. the one currently going on now is st lucia and the pitch looks a lot better in for us uh, in st lucia and I believe we're are we still batting yeah, now? Yeah, two hundred and sixty yeah. off for five at the moment. Yeah, so. so we're going we're going better this test, and that that proves you know the pitch is, is plays <laughs> a big part. How many tests are there? Three. This is the last one, so we've already lost a series. Oh right, um, yeah. So which we're is, out of it's it. bad. Yeah, we especially in Ashes year and a World Cup year, we didn't really want to be losing um, to the West Indies so early on, especially after beating uh, Sri Lanka away for our first mm. big win away uh, test series in a long time. Yeah, and to go there which suits us a bit better with a bit more pace and bounce. We've just been terrible. So We've been terrible. Daryl, let me ask you this. In your opinion, I mean, obviously, Brewer, you, you know, I don't know how well you know cricket, but for me... Oh, oh, none. Right. So, <laughs> he but, doesn't. So, I doesn't. Cricket? So, Daryl, so let me ask you this. Um, is this the first time since, um, since it happened that we, we need Cook? Um, yes. Losing Cook as an opener is is massive. He's been he's been there for well well over ten years as the mm-hmm. England opener. But you've got to move on at some point. Yeah. Um, probably not the best time to move on in Ashes year. No. But Cook wasn't scoring the runs that he should have been anymore until his last test. Yeah, he, he scored a big hundred, but then he scored. I think he scored a, a one fifty. What ten tests before and didn't get a lot in between. So yeah. you can't again. You can't rely on one big score every sort of ten tests. Yeah. Um, Keaton Jennings that's it for me now especially after this third test that's enough um, just got to move on um, yeah, yeah. I'd stick with Rory Burns for now yeah I've got to I give agree. him a few more yeah um, but if, if if I'm right our next test is against Australia yes if I'm right so um, I was going to say what's the next big uh, what's the next big rather competition coming up for England so you've got the one day series now which starts next Friday um, and then we move into the Cricket World Cup which is a one day thing which England are big favourites for yeah. um, it's over very, here as well and it's in England yeah we're a huge favourites for that but the big the big one for for myself I'm more of a test cricket fan is the Ashes playing Australia over here yeah. getting back get, getting one back on them is going to be it's going to be a good it's going to yeah. be really good but we have to play better than what we've I was going to say what have England got to do to bounce back from obviously this slump pick better teams I don't, I don't personally think it's a Who's slump it down to uh, that down to? There's a slight selection committee. There's a head selector, chief selector, mm. which is. Is it Strauss um, at the moment? No, Strauss just left. I believe it's Ed Joyce. Right, okay. Ed Joyce, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I'm wrong, but it's somewhere along those lines. Um, I'll be able to check that for you now. Um, but yeah, just better team selections. Again, in the last sort of 10 tests, the, the lineups just changed all the time. Johnny Best, I batted at three. I think was very good, scored a lovely 50 in the first innings mm-hmm. on a tough deck. This time round, he's moved back down to seven. Well, that's because just, Folks has had to leave a team with an injury, is that right? It, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's an injury, I think he's just been dropped. Right. But if someone scores a 50 at three the test before, mm-hmm. you drop him down to seven and then technically bat him with a towel. Yeah. He's batting with lesser batsmen. So yeah. I personally think Johnny Bairstow is one of the most underrated batsmen 
class. Well, yes. He's pure class and, you know, he turns up when other people don't. Yeah, he's a class act. Let's say that. I know we got knocked over pretty cheaply again last week, but that 50 was, it mm. could have been all over pretty. Could have been embarrassing. Yeah, it could have been 50 all out again like the first. Yeah. In Southern. But with with us, um, with, with the England side, do you think the bowlers are good enough to move us on? Um, you know, it's going to be hard. We're, we're very quickly coming up to a post um, Anderson and Broad era, which is, you know, a thousand test wickets between them. Is that right? Yeah. Um, that's massive and that's irreplaceable, really. I mean, the for me, the bowling lineup we've got now in England, that works. You've got Curran, swings the ball a long way. Left armour as well. Left armour, that's massive in England. And, um, you know, you've got the likes of Stokes, who's a great bowler in uh, England, Wood, who's a great bowler in England. Unfortunately, I'm not sure at the moment we've got enough um, to take it away from home to people. And and in my opinion, I'm very, very grateful that the Ashes is in the UK this year. Oh, yeah. It'd be very tough away. Yeah. Um, I can yeah. see this being Anderson's last last mm. summer. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we beat, beat Australia this year <coughs> and then he'll call it quits. Yeah. So, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair, oh, fair enough. Right. Uh, Trig, you're a bit of a, a nags man. Oh, mate, I'm a horse racing fan. Much to my... Uh, you know, it it doesn't do me any favours, I must admit. But um, I what am. can you tell me about this horse flu that's broken out? Horse and I'm not going to try and pronounce it. A, a pony cold. Yeah, the pony cold. <laughs> equine influenza. To correct uh, Daryl Brewer on that one. Um, so equine influenza is, you know, as much as I laugh, it is basically a flu for horses. And yearly, all the race horses will get. Um, you know, injections and Vaccinate. vaccinations against influenza. The The reason it's such a big thing currently is because the horses that have been found with it have had the vaccination. So the difficult thing is, right, obviously it's not working. Right. And the other difficult thing is the horses that got found with it all ran on the Saturday before they found they had it. And it's highly infectious. Oh. So not only do we now have a few horses with equine influenza, we have potentially hundreds that may have it. Oh, so goodness. for that reason, racing is on halt. They've said until next Wednesday. Haven't you, um, you've got Cheltenham coming up. Yeah, Cheltenham. I mean, that's the pinnacle of horse racing for the whole year. You know, I personally go myself. I go Champions Day on Tuesday, take the week off work. It's the best year, uh, best week of the year. That is potentially in danger. I mean, I don't personally think they're going to cancel it because that would be... That would be too impactful on both the horse racing season and you've got to think of the bookies as well, you know. Yeah. Cheltenham is a million, you know, it's worth millions to the bookies. Yeah. If they miss if they miss that, that is huge. So, you know, I don't think they'll cancel it, but I do think that there could be um, you know, the fields could be limited and I actually think that there'll be some big names that, that won't show. Um, you know, it's 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 tough one, but uh, you know, you just gotta you just gotta ride the wave really. Um, they need to get better. We'll get you know get everyone better, and we'll get back to racing as normal. Hopefully by Cheltenham Festival. Now I know you're not a doctor, but the flu is. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not and a doctor, and you're not a detective. <laughs> yeah. um, but does the um, the pony cold? Um, does, is it the same sort of symptoms that we'd sort of get? Is there any big yeah. big side effects for the for the? Uh, uh, I mean, itself? you know, like like a human, you get you get flu. You you know you're not. On your game, you can't. You can't. You're not going to want to run around. You're not going to want to eat properly. You're not going to want to sleep properly. So, a bit like a human, 
they're not going to be they're not going to be themselves, and and no one wants to run when they're not themselves, right? So it, it's not well, it's not life threatening for the horses. So it's not a case of you can just put them on the sofa for a no. week. With a blanket, yeah, with a blanket, with friends on repeat. Horses, horses well, take a lot of looking after. Carol every season. <laughs> yeah. And just to add to that point, if I was a doctor, I probably wouldn't be sitting with you two uh, recording a podcast. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Right, uh, should we get us into some music? Why not? Yeah, why not? Right, okay. Uh, Trig, you signed us out last week, so you're first in. What we got? Wonderful. So, big band, you know, one of my favourite bands of all time. I've been to see them live, they were incredible. And the reason I picked it for the Sports and That podcast is because I personally think it's the most impactful walk-on music. Um, that's ever been used in boxing. Um, it's Klitschko's walk-on music. It's Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
shindig Chopped off, he says I'm gonna win big Choose not a life of imitation Distant us into the reservation Defunct the pistol that you pay for Dispunct the feeling that you stay for In time I want to be a best friend Eastside love is living on the West End Knocked off a boy, you better come to Don't die, you know the truth is some do Go write your message on the pavement Burn so bright, I wonder what the wave meant Kickstart the golden generate hub Sweet talk, but don't intimidate hub Can't stop the gods from engineering Feel no need for any interfering Your image in the dictionary This life is more than ordinary Can I get you maybe even three of these Coming from a space to teach you of the pleadies Can't stop the spirits when they need you This life is more than just a read-through Right, so now we're talking transfer window Not the most exciting transfer window in recent years But we're going to cover it anyway um, Let's start with who did the best business? Daryl? Um, there was a few few good signings either way A few good loan signings as well But um, if you've really got to think about Chelsea have probably done uh, the best business I've only re- No, they've only made really the one big signing But what signing that is, and I bet you're over the moon with that, bro. What, Pulisic? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, especially because um, with the doubts that we've got over Hazard in coming up in the summer, um, it's good to have him already pen to paper, got his signature, he's coming there in the summer, because we don't know what's happening with Hazard. If Madrid come in heavy for him, I don't think we're going to be able to say no. Um, and to be fair, getting him off the radar of people like Liverpool um, and I don't know who else was in for him um, but probably a couple of Arsenal were Arsenal in for him uh, a couple of the other big guns you need to get him off of their radar because I tell you now if Liverpool pull this off and win the league this season and they've got Pulisic coming next season's just going to be even worse to try and take that off them so yeah I mean that was a that was a big thing for us it, the biggest signing of the January transfer window was Pulisic and he's not even playing yeah I've got so I don't know a lot about him I've, I've only really seen him play I've seen him play for the America when they played England recently but I've got some friends over in America that are quite big on the soccer scene and they rave they absolutely rave by him um, he's they actually he's one of the best players uh, they've seen come out of the the States for donkey's years um, really? I know it's not a big port to go by, but they've they've said that he's going to be um, an absolute star. No, um, so um, it's, it's exciting to see him over as he well. He kind of plays yeah. like from what I gather. He kind of plays where Hazard kind of plays anyway, sort of yeah. on that left hand side, left yeah, second drift, side. Yeah, drifts in quite well. Yeah, he's um, from what from what I've seen. But again, I've not seen loads about yeah. him, so I'm looking forward to seeing him here next year. Another team that done really well in this transfer window is Bournemouth. You yeah. know, Liverpool. You could also argue done well themselves. Um, you know, a couple of players going from Liverpool to Bournemouth. You've got Klein, who, you know, he's a bit of a Premier League veteran nowadays. He's played a lot of football for Liverpool in, uh, in the Prem. A lot of injury problems, aren't there, for him? To be fair, if it weren't for Kyle Walker, you'd say that he's probably the, the second best right back to get for the England team. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, was. Well, Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold. Of course, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, in the past sort of five years, he's definitely been England's. Uh, one of England's best two right Yeah, backs, so. I agree. And for Bournemouth to, you know, Bournemouth are really looking to solidify their Premier League position. They need Premier League quality. And, and for me, someone who's been around a long while is perfect. And to counter that, you know, they swept in Liverpool again. They got Solanke. It's another player, you know, he, he's been around the Premier League club a long time, but he's not necessarily had the chances. And obviously, Liverpool have got 
one of the best front lines in the league, so you can understand that. Yeah, I mean, he was on um, he was on uh, the club's radar when he was playing in the uh, England youth setups and the England youth teams, um, and he played really well in in the tournaments. And then Chelsea offloaded him on a free, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. sure I'm yeah. pretty sure Liverpool didn't pay much for him, mm. or if, if anything at all. And then he's gone there, but he weren't ever going to get. Uh, he hasn't got the chances at Liverpool. Yeah. So for them, for them to turn around for a player who's played what nothing, no minutes this season, barely anything. He's played some minutes. Yeah, definitely. I don't think he scored a goal yet this year, though. No. For a so for him to go from Liverpool to Bournemouth, for, for Bournemouth, a club that. Surely they haven't got the biggest income. They're not a massive club. No. And they're throwing 19 million at a player like that. Is that a gamble? Yeah, absolute gamble. Definitely. And I think it's even more of a gamble when you've probably got one of England's best uh, best strikers off your books at the same time. Like leave, Letting Defoe go. I know, again, he's, he's had his injury problems and stuff. But if you're in a battle and you need a goal, Defoe's the man. He knows where the back of the net is, doesn't he? Yeah, he's... he's I, I'm not... Never been his biggest fan ever since he left West Ham for for <laughs> my club reasons. But um, as a striker and as a finisher, there's yeah. not many better out there that England have had over the past. He, three he years. is the poacher, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he even done it again for England in the past three years, didn't he? Yeah. When he come back and he scored a goal, he scored a couple of goals. So well, he's gone up to Scotland and he's doing well, hasn't he? He's got off to a flyer. Yeah, with Rangers he scored a goal then in his in his first game, maybe. Up. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah. Scored in his debut. And now with their, them having uh, Morelos um, suspended for three games he's going to get a lot more chances up there yeah. um, so Brewer um, just wanted to ask you as well a bit more business that Chelsea done um, this transfer window was obviously um, Higuain coming in yep and that meant that they could let Morata go yep um, obviously you know Morata hasn't really taken his chances um at Chelsea and it's not um, like he hasn't had he hasn't had them yeah, so. he's had plenty and I just wanted to know how much of an upgrade is Higuain um, and obviously taking into consideration he's played with, uh, with the manager um, you know he's probably I think I think I'm right in saying he's got his best goal scoring record under Sarri no he did yeah so in uh, when he was at Napoli and uh, Sarri was there um, uh, I don't know what do you know what years Sarri was at Napoli no, I don't know. I think it was fifteen sixteen. Right, so well, if he was at fifteen sixteen, then Higuain scored thirty eight in forty two appearances in all comps. Yeah, that sounds right. So this it? is a massive return. Yeah. Um, after that, obviously uh, Juventus got him for two seasons, and he netted thirty two and then twenty three respectively. So he's still getting over the twenty mark. Um, he's just obviously when he went to Milan on loan last. Um, yeah. And when he went to Milan on loan, he's played 22 times and um, scored eight. So it wasn't yeah. the biggest return, um, but he's obviously come here. Um, I think at the moment, in the present time, what Chelsea need, he is an upgrade on Morata. Because Morata, all right, he got off to a bit of a flyer last season. He started well, but he just hasn't settled into Premier League life. He just... Nah. He, I'm not being funny, but in the... The Spanish league and the Italian and the French, no disrespect to them, but the Premier League is the best league in the world. It's a completely different style, isn't it? And you're you're gonna get you're gonna get touched and by defenders and you're gonna get roughed up a little bit. You just can't hit the deck every time. It's, it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, no, and he's a big lad. he's not a small lad. No. It's not a small lad. Drogba did it when he first came to Chelsea. He did the same thing and the fans started turning on him in the end. John Terry started kept grabbing hold of him and going, Get up, what are you doing? Yeah. Like you can't do it no. keep throwing yourself to the floor like that people are going to start getting the ump with you so do you think Higuain 
will adapt to the Premier League better than um, um, than Morata did. Uh, well, 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 we'll see. I think we'll see. But he's already linking up well with Hig- uh, with uh, Hazard, um, which is good because you need him playing. He's your focal point. He's, yeah, exactly. He's we'll, playing. We'll see today that he's got a tough matchup today against the City defenders. Yeah, of course um, he has. Yeah. So um, you will see today. I'm not being funny. That obviously, no disrespect to Huddersfield, but you'd expect him to score against Huddersfield, and he got a brace. And you'd expect him to look good against a team at Huddersfield. Exactly. Right? He's he did take. He took his chances. Fair play to yeah. him. He took them well. So you can't knock him on that front. But obviously, going up against City today, it's a different caliber. If, so if you had a choice right now, come um, July, September, July, August, would you sign him? Uh, I think it's still too early to tell but that is where I'd have to say Chelsea have done a good bit of business we didn't go and throw out a load of money at them. we didn't go to Juventus and go look we want Higuain here's stupid amount of money 50 plus million or whatever he's worth he would have he would have cost that yeah easily in today's market and at the moment he wasn't playing he was obviously not getting a massive return at Milan but he is a good calibre player. He's a proven talisman. Get him here on loan. Let's see how he gets in on gets on in the Premier League. And then at the end of the season, if he does have a good return, we have got an option to buy him. So then we can go back to Juventus and obviously say, look, no, we will take him. That's a great bit of business. So that is a good bit of business. Because I know Chelsea in the past, like what we've done with Fernando Torres, players like that, we've just thrown money at them and gone, come on, we want them. Let's get them in there. And then they've just... They haven't played that well. They haven't done well for the club. Maybe it's just the way that our style of football. Because I know we are one of those teams that like to get the ball up to someone up top. We like a vocal point, a spearhead up the top, and then it can play in the attacking mids. Yeah. So like Diego Costa, obviously last, obviously when he was playing for us, he was smashing it, and then obviously he failed falling out with Conte, and he went off. Um, he obviously went back to Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So yeah, but. He's probably one of the best strikers that Chelsea have had in their recent history, bar Drogba. Yeah, I agree. And it's a very recent history because you've got no history. So that give over. You know, talking of to, come back to me when you're in the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another player um, that might be quite close to your heart, bro. I would imagine um, has made a surprise move to England this year to partner up with his old friend. Um, and that's Ashley Cole I just wanted to get in the band back together yeah I just wanted to see what you thought on that and do you think you know it's a bit of a swan song for him bring his family back home for the end of his career and to help out a friend in the meantime yeah well obviously him and Lampard um, basically played together um, for years in the same Chelsea setup. Um but I'm not too sure how Derby if they needed someone to come in at left back but to be fair if you're going to go and get someone who's got bags of experience played yeah. at the top level and he was England's best left back for how many years absolute class if you're going to get if you're going to get someone and you need someone there even just to have him um, on the training ground mm. and in the changing room just to have someone there who's done it all it's probably Ashley did he once bring a gun to training yeah <laughs> Oh no, no! He, he, he um, shot a he shot no, work experience. Yeah, yeah I was about to right. say, didn't yeah, he shoot yeah. like a work experience? Yeah, that? and then I on the training field. Yeah, yeah, and then like after, I remember afterwards, um, Chelsea fans were all singing like Ashley Cole. He shoots who he wants. <laughs> yeah. He shoots where he wants. Yeah, so that was good. So just to put that in a bit of context, um, as far as I'm aware, the current Derby fullback is only 18. Okay. So for me, 
that looks like a good sign in for the exact reasons you said. It's, yeah. it's, it's experience, it's pure experience for this young lad to well, learn to from. Someone to shadow him, isn't it? Someone to shadow him. He's not gonna he's not gonna play, you know, week in week out, but he's that influence around the changing room, and I'd imagine he'll probably help out help out Lamps a little bit, um, hmm. you know, with he, with the personnel. So for me, I think it's a good signing. Um, he's obviously had a had a nice time out in America, um, but he's come home, you know, for his swan song, in my opinion. Moving to you, Daryl, uh, talking about the transfer window. Um, obviously, West Ham pretty much non-existent in the transfer window this season, uh, this January transfer window. Um, however, <clears throat> Reese Oxford, you've loaned him out to Augsburg. Yeah, it's just time we got him off the books. His attitude is disgusting. Really? Uh, yeah, disgusting. Um, so people won't, again, know a lot about him, but that one one big game he had for us against Arsenal a couple of years back, where yeah, he had, I mean, in his pocket all game and we got the result. Um, it was the only thing he ever done for us. And he got a big, he got a big contract, um, twenty grand a week. He went up to, um, and since then he just he just didn't want to know. Well, he's got a bit too big for his yeah, boots. A bit you too reckon? big for his boots. And he, the problem with him was um, with that they didn't want to then offer out contracts to young players, the likes of Declan Rice, um, because of people's attitudes, like his attitude. Um, he's he just be to, we've got to get him off our books. He don't want to know us anymore. We don't want him. Uh, there was a perfect time to give him some game time this year um, with Balbuena getting injured, but he didn't want to know he weren't doing enough in training, so good to get him off the books. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, just want to quickly um, brush over what happened with um, Cardiff and Emiliano Sala. Obviously, thoughts are with uh, the families and all the people at the clubs, everyone who's affected. It's come out now um, this week that Nance want the 15 million price tag. Do you think it's warranted? Do you think no. that, that, that do you think that they just do you reckon that that's warranted like that yeah. they no we want our 15 million. I mean, personally, I get it. Um, you know, Cardiff will have insurances. Yeah. Um, you know, the money's got to come from somewhere. The the thing I personally feel is slightly insensitive is the nature in which they've gone about demanding the first instalment of that within the next 10 days. Um, in my opinion, they should let their dust settle um, and you know let people get get to grips with what's happened. Yeah, you get know? past what's happened because obviously yeah. it's, it's completely rumbled the footballing world, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not saying don't pay anything, not at all. But asking for it up and 15 million when he didn't even get to his club. I know that it was a contract signed, but come on, a little bit of little bit of empathy, a little bit of common, just just go after on it. Seven seven point five I think both clubs would be quite happy. The thing is you got under, the thing is I suppose you've got to understand from a business perspective. Nantes have obviously sold a striker, they've sold a player, and it's fifteen million. Uh Penn's gone to paper, the signature's done, he's now not our player anymore, he's now Cardiff's property. Yeah. He's coming to play for them. Now obviously in the logistics side of it something's happened and he's not got there and from there, Cardiff have lost out because now they're out 15 million and, and now striker. they're out of player and they're out of striker, which is what they need right now. But nonce from their point of view is like, well, so are we. And yeah. it's, and from a business perspective, it's agreed. It's there in, it's there yeah. in black and white. Yeah. You owe us 15 million. You've got to factor in the insurance. You know, Cardiff will get paid out the money. They'll have, they'll have public liability insurance. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to be a cost of 15 million to Cardiff and... And I, I personally agree with Brewer. I think you know, we need to, we need to think of firstly the player and the and the families. But and I, I think I think it should be dealt with 
in a more uh, compassionate way. Yeah, amicably. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's, it's a tragedy, but what a story it would be now for Cardiff to stay up. Yeah, I'm, like they've yeah. won two on the bounce well, now. Great result again yesterday. Lads, I backed Cardiff at seventeen to three yesterday. Purely because I thought, you know, the players are going to be sitting there and they're going to be telling each other, let's do it, let's do it for him today. I, I took, put a bit on at the start of the season that uh, it would be Fulham, Huddersfield and Cardiff all to go down. Right. So now that Cardiff has started getting results, like they, they beat Southampton yesterday. Yeah. yeah. That's, two a mass- two. Yeah, that's a big, that's role. a big result. Um, but I will say, what I will say is fair play to all the people who put into the GoFundMe mm. um, to go and put the search back out. It's like, no, we're not giving up here. We're going to go and find it. We're going to go and find the plane. Yeah. And they found the plane. Um, and obviously they found Salah. But what I also will say is it's come out um, literally today that Kylian Mbappe has also put his hands in his pocket and he's gone, no, go and find the pilot. And they've started up a new, another yeah. GoFundMe page and gone, That's no, there was two people on that plane. Yeah. We're going to go and find the pilot. And I think that's or at least to, try to. That speaks a lot for the football community. It speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, often these players are criticised for the amount of money they earn and the fact that they don't, you know, don't give enough back. But it, it, it shouldn't take something like this to to highlight it. But sometimes it does. They've obviously they've all put back into the into the community, and and this is something everyone feels really strongly about. And and as you know, player power prevails in in a good way this time around. Sometimes there's sometimes things of like like you say bigger than football. So yeah. right, Trig, you gonna tell us a little bit about Charlton? Yeah, I'd love to. You know, some of you might not follow much League One football, but I do. And um, I just wanted to give you a rundown of how Charlton got in the transfer window because it was appalling. And as a fan, I feel like I need to vent to you guys. Um, and you guys in the room just tell you what happened. So, you know, Lee Bowie is in charge of Charlton at the moment and he's made some great loan signings throughout the year. Um, we've got a young lad from West Ham on loan at the moment, Josh Cullen. Yeah, great he's, he's been playing superb and once again at the weekend he was superb. Um, we've got Johnny Williams who was at Sunderland last year. Those of you who have watched, who have watched Sunderland till I die will, will know who he is. Um, another player who's really come up big. Um, so going into the January transfer window, Quite rightly, I had high hopes for, for Charlton and what they were doing, but um, unfortunately, it's all gone a bit south. We we started the transfer window with three strikers on the books, three senior strikers. One, in my opinion, Nicky Jose wasn't good enough and he was always going to go, so that's fine. Oh, okay. um, and that happened, we let him go. The next thing that happened was our main, or my, in my opinion, our best striker, Lyle Taylor, um, gets suspended for three games, ascending off. So that leaves us with one senior striker to play for three games, and his name's Carl Nahern Grant. And by this time this goes out, you Premier League fans might know who he is because he popped up for Huddersfield at the weekend and scored against Arsenal. So Charlton ended up shipping out their only other senior striker for £2 million to Huddersfield and failed to replace him. So for three consecutive weeks, we have not had a senior striker on the books, and that has... You know, it, it's shown in the results. We haven't scored more than one goal. Um, where are Charlton in the league? We're in the playoffs, quite comfortably in the playoffs. I feel like, you know, I feel like that's where we are going to be this year. Prior to these three games, I mean, we were really pushing for the for the automatic spots. What with Bournemouth, uh, not Bournemouth, sorry, Portsmouth slipping up, and you know, you got Sunderland and Luton up there as well. You know, they've all got tough runnings, and Charlton have got the best running out of all of them. But now, after this has happened. I can't see it. I can see us making the playoffs and quite whether we're good enough to get up after that, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, I just wanted to vent my frustrations at the fact that you've let all three of your strikers, well, two of your strikers and one suspended and, and not done anything about it. 
And in my opinion, that's just not good enough for a team who's who's looking to get promoted. I don't know what you think about it. Shows after a bad result again yesterday, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, one all against Southend. I mean, on paper, maybe it doesn't look that bad, but having been there, you know, we we never looked like winning that game. We were the better team, but it never looked like scoring more than one game, at one goal at home. Trust. Invitation accepted, too good to reject it, so I join in on pretend. <laughs> 
Great choice there, Daryl. That was Spooks with... Karma Hotel. Great, great song. Um, so as promised, guys, you know, we thought we'd bring you a little feature at the end this week. Um, you know, let's see what the boys know. What do they know? We've been talking transfers today, so I thought we'd go for Daryl versus Brewer, Transfer Taxis. Taxi! So how this is going to work, boys, you're going to take it in turns. I'm going to give you a player who has recently, or well, fairly recently transferred, or has been a Premier League player. You're going to know all the players, but I want to know where were they at before their current club. So, Daryl, I think you should start. Um, Hang on a minute. I want some paper, rock, scissors, eh? I want some paper, rock, scissors. Ready? Right, so Daryl's won. Um, the boys knew each other fairly well there and actually tied twice on rock, paper, scissors. So, um, but finally, Daryl was triumphant. The only thing you're going to win today. Yeah. yeah. It's big talk. Big talk from Bro. So, so, I hope I win this bet I've got on as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got a couple of uh, you know twists and turns in there. Um, and starting out for Daryl, we're going to go for the recently transferred Ashley Cole has uh, moved to Derby County. But um, where did he play prior to that? LA Galaxy. That's correct, well done, Daryl. That's a good start. 1 0. 1 0. And, um, you know, I've gone for Chelsea legend first time round for Daryl, so um, I'll go for a uh, West Ham legend next time. Um, Arnautovic, where was he before West Ham? He was at Stoke. Wonderful. And I mean, Daryl's grimacing at the fact that I've called him a West Ham legend. Um, not too happy with him at the I moment. I was about to say, that's it. Well, they, so, they throw in legend brand loose at West Ham these days. Can't you know. stand a fella anymore. Right, so um, moving on, we've got um, someone who's played, you know, been a big part of the Premier League this year. Um, it's his first proper season, but unfortunately he's been out with an injury for a little while now. And this is for Daryl. Um, this is Joe Gomez, Liverpool. Um, I'm going to say Watford. Incorrect, it was actually Charlton! Oh. My guy, Joe Gomez! He's missed it! He's missed it's, it! It's off the post! Oh, it's Advantage Brewer! It is Advantage Brewer! And, moving in with the comically uh, known Marouane Fellaini. Who was he at? Before, before he... Well, I know he's recently left uh, Man United, but I think we'll go for who was he at before Man United. Ever. That's correct. It's a nice easy one there, Brewer. Give him the easy one. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, Daryl. Um, you know, I think... I'll sort you out the money after. Yeah, that's no worries, mate. We'll just call it, you know, call it quits. Um, I've actually got another quite tough one for you here, uh, Daryl, so I do apologise. Um, recently transferred into the Premier League is Ryan Babble. Oh, he was at, uh, I'm going to say, Verde Bremen. Oh, I mean, he's picked a foreign team. He's done the right thing, but he's got it wrong. Oh! So, advantage, you know, double advantage, Brewer. It was actually Besiktas okay. as a team, you know. Good, because I would have gone Anderlecht. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I think, you know, Brewer's come out a little bit on the favourable side. Um, Wish I'd lost that rock paper scissors now. <laughs> no, I always had them written down for you, uh, you know. Um, so, the next player we're going to go for is... Damari Gray. Um, oh, it's definitely wrong. No, I'm not. It's not, but Watford. That's 
pronounced incorrect. It's Birmingham City. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. So that's a blank for Brewer there. And uh, I mean, it's got a chance. We've got a chance here for Daryl to level it. And the leveler is going to be Sissoko, currently at Spurs. Um. You know, he went for a big money. Why couldn't I have that? Went for a big money after a, a really good Euros. Yeah. Where from? I'm, in my head, for some reason, I've got Newcastle. Um, is it? Yeah. I'm no, going to need a no, final answer. Newcastle. That is correct. Well done, Daryl. He's levelled it. He's levelled it. Right, so, Brewer, for your last one. And bear in mind, this is to win it. This is to take the crown for the first ever episode of Transfer Taxis. On Yuri Tillemans, recently transferred to Leicester, oh. but where from? Hang on, we've just spoke about him. No, well, Brewer's uh, memory is not great, so. And, and if you find it too easy, I'll ask him for the club before that as well. I think I'm getting mugged off a bit here, to be honest. Let's have it, Brewer. Come on, Yuri Tillemans. Is it Anderlecht? Oh, he's gone back too far. He's come from Monaco oh. to Leicester, and he's blanked, and it's too old. And we gotta go to the transfer taxi tiebreaker. So for the tiebreaker, I've decided I'm gonna pick a player who's joined the Premier League. Might not be January, but he's joined the Premier League. And we, I'm gonna ask you how much for, and it will be the closest takes it all. So are we ready, guys? Are we ready for this? The player I'm asking you for is Fred to Man United. How much did Fred cost Man United? You, you won the rock, you won the so rock scissors. So you go first in the No chance. Oh, I think it's uh, mugs away um, and Brewer from a 2-0 lead. I think that's you. Oh. How much? Oh, it was, oh, I can't remember if it was quite big or not. You, you, oh, I know what you're gonna I do. I know what you're gonna do straight away. <laughs> and it's called, and in the, in the gaming world, they call it bastardry. And you are definitely gonna do it. Right. Not at all. 50 million. 50 million from Brewer. Daryl, what's your answer? Uh, I'm gonna go 49 million. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, interesting tactics from um, Daryl, but I'd like to announce the winner of the first episode of Transfer Taxis. And that's Brewer! <laughs> 52 million oh, yes. What a great guess! Yes! And he is the champion of Transfer Taxis. Well played, bro. Well played. <laughs> Thought I got cheated out of that a little bit. Buzz, and you didn't take the first guess. You on the on the price tag. But if I'd have got all four of yours, your question, I'd have, I'd have won it anyway. Yeah, he's well, got a point. Well, that's nothing. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> nothing void. It's nothing void. It's so hot. So hard to hear you up here on the transfer taxi pedestal. <laughs> Losing a brewer. So, guys, you know, thanks for listening to the first episode of uh, Transfer Taxis. I think that's about time we uh, wrap up the podcast now. So, now, like last week, we are on all social media: um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So, please hit us up on that. And we are going to be on. Um, uh, lazyfansports.com in the next few days once we get the podcast up on there as well so cheers guys wonderful so last week Brewer led us into the uh, the world of music and I think he's got a bit of a treat for us to sign out so Brewer let's have it I've been buzzing to play this all week I stumbled across this band whilst I was looking for my song for the last podcast and I found American Football and I stumbled across these lads so this is PUP Pathetic Use of Potential off their forthcoming album Morbid Stuff this is Kids Kids